Hello, this is Chris from We Hate Bards. I'd just like to thank you for listening to our podcast. And if you like what you hear, we have plenty of more podcast material on iTunes, or you can check our website at wehatebardspodcast.com. If you like what you hear, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you want to join any of our games, you can look us up on Meetup at We Hate Bards. Membership is always free, and we have games going pretty much all week. If you want to support us and throw a little coin our way, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash wehatebards. Backers will receive early release podcasts and custom content, including homebrew games, custom modules, and more. So thanks again for listening. And now, on to the podcasts. Why are you pointing well, I'm, at I'm pointing at you. Oh, for crying out loud! Way to screw that start? up! Oh, we just say hi and I good quit. evening. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> Wrap it up, folks. Wrap it up. It's done. We're done. So the big thing is we, we're still in the habit of you listen to the time we have for focus. It's too quiet. And we don't do that for this one. Well, someone has to start theoretically, and it's not going to be me because I'm the All guest right. speaker. It right. should just fade into a conversation. Who's talking out their mouth hole right now? I am Matt. They know who we are. Are we actually going to leave this in? What is that the first time listening? Then they're starting on the wrong episode. They go should back go back to episode one. one. And listen to it, and, and and then you can listen to the rest. I'm yeah, Chris. there are rules for our podcast. Uh, yeah, there there are there are rules. We are a lawful good society, and there are rules to follow. And everybody follows the rules. Everyone gets to go home and have a pony. Now, Ben. Yes, I am Ben. Yes. Special guest. Special guest. Special guest. Special guest. Okay. Yeah, special guest. Eh, I mean, special. Is special, special, very loose term. No, 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 no. I can, no. I can, make, ben I can is, make special. Ben is a very special guest because when we formed We Hate Bards, Ben Isn't was it? like, like right there. You were one of like, like, like this is it. This is the core people right here. Us three. Yeah. Yeah. So That's sitting at the house, sitting at the house. I, I remember it because we were sitting at your house. I had just that was Andrew's house, wasn't it? Was no, it that Andrew? was after you got the apartment. I was living with you at the time because I had lost my job and was looking for something. And I was starting to feel frustrated with life and not doing anything. And we all just kind of conglomerated after that. Like, Chris, because Chris wanted to do more stuff with RPG. You wanted to actually be, you know, own, own a successful business. And I wanted to just do something that wasn't, you know, constantly be a slave to different jobs. So. It didn't work out well for any of us, did it? Well, we have the community. Yeah. Which, by the way, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Huge announcement. Okay. Lay down this. 700 members. Which is that's that's I mean no, that I, is I that mean, is that is a lot of people, and I'll tell you what I remember struggling to get twenty. No, I'll I'll, I'll I'll tell you what I know that we have that many members, and there's a lot of people. Not all people are involved, and some people are like part of a, a number of meetups, and they don't really do anything. Mm-hmm. But like when I post up a game, like after a couple sessions, it, like I start to draw just random people in that want to participate, and that never used to happen. And I mean that's what the goal is to have such a large pool of people. That when you post up games, you have people that are interested and want to play instead of having to force people force to people yeah. to play, which was the problem. Like when I only had like the Sunday group, I had to force them to play Call of Cthulhu and force them to play these games, and they hated it, and they still resent me to this day. <laughs> so, all right, so what are we talking about tonight, Matt? Besides playing on your little phone thing there. Shut up! I'm always playing on my phone. Everyone knows that. Um, so you had some new stuff besides our exciting announcement that we have 700 members? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, well, the one new thing, and it's not generally, uh, an RPG thing, but, because uh, uh, we're running the Punk Town game, which is going to be wrapping up in the next, probably, like, mm, early, uh, like, late, I'm thinking yeah. summer. Hey, Ben, are you ever going to show up to one of those again? Or yeah, he showed up last time. Me? No, I didn't. No, he didn't. He oh, slept through it. yeah, you slept through it, yeah. We yeah, we, to- we totally kept abusing your character. took turns. Yeah. Yes, being your, character. being your character. So you have, you have, because like it's only gonna be a couple more. So you have to show up because yeah, your character is no. really super sad, and you gotta, you gotta I'm step out of it, Vinny. I'm saying, I'm actually kind of glad that we didn't have that thing tonight because I wouldn't have been in top four. No, that, and, and so and like Eric's gone, and so I just I, I want everybody together for like the last couple episodes, which is kind of it's all kind of coming to a head. But um, the books that's based off Jeffrey Thomas's like Punk Town collection actually. Fairly soon, undeterred amount of time. Um, but like the the, the final like um page setting is getting done, where he's releasing through I believe Centipede Press, which is the book company that like they like we're gonna release this book that's been like out of print, like old weird fiction, old horror, but we're only gonna release two hundred copies, and these books are like you know basically works of art. You know they've got their own artwork in them. You know they come you know leather bound things like that. You know they're and they're not cheap. They're not cheap books. 
So you're buying one? Uh, yeah, because they're releasing basically, I think he's it's, calling it the Punk Town Omnibus, but like it's going to be all of his stories up to that point that have been written in like a giant three-volume set, and it'll be dropping are you, money on are you, it. Are you donating plasma to afford this one again? No, I don't have to donate plasma anymore. I have like a real job that earns money, so I don't have to donate plasma. Do you, do you guys remember Gen Con Year One? Everybody donating plasma to be able to afford our Airbnb and tickets to yeah. I I do I I think Did I you go with us? No, I think well I think I was still donating plasma though at that point just no. because I needed yeah money. You, yeah those there was those jobless bend days yeah Emily wasn't happy about me doing that she really didn't she was like we can't afford this and I was like don't worry I'll sell my blood to make it happen and she was like mm-hmm. and Chris is definitely afraid of needles that was a big deal that's a, that was that was a big thing and I, we made hundreds of jokes so I went because a couple of our other friends were also broken in need of money so I went as moral support more than anything because mm-hmm. I did have a job. And I remember making all of the jokes about them being vampires and yeah, how they were the saving off our blood. Yeah. 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 So, but the Punk Town out of us, it'll be released Join soon. Us, Chris. It'll be like, you know, hundreds of dollars, but I will be purchasing it. So, and it, you can, you know, get your one of 200 copies available. If you're so, good enough. If you're, if you're good enough and you've got the cash to drop. So, but like, you know, otherwise you can pick up all the books on like e-reader for like a dollar a piece. Like they're not very expensive. Yeah. So well, if you have Kindle Unlimited, they're probably yeah free. a lot. You know, you know what's you know what's funny. When I had when I was dirt poor and I had the Kindle that um one of Emily's family members got me for Christmas. Um, I did. I read like a bunch of his books. Like downloaded them with the Kindle Unlimited because like I didn't have any money to pay for it. Now I'm gonna pay back, get the money back. But yeah, that's I mean that's only like a new that's been going on recently. I mean, there have been some Kickstarters that I've been kind of following, but I usually wait till, like, the... So your wife backed Glimmer Space. I'm pretty excited to hear about that. Oh, that, she did. That's so funny to be on ridiculous. Those huge books? My goodness. Like, the, So, do you know what Glimmer Space is? I've never heard of Glimmer oh Space. Oh, my God. So Glimmer Space is a Kickstarter. It's by... Sam? Is part of it? I don't know. From uh, Lord of the Rings? He also is in Oh, um, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um... Oh, well, Sean Aston. Yes, Sean Aston. I was going to say same. Uh, Does all the commercials and everything for it because he's Sean Aston. Um, so I, my understanding is he was a large contributor to this. I don't know. Anyways, I'm super mm-hmm. in the details. But it's basically everything I ever wanted Starfinder to be. But Starfinder was super disappointing to me. Sorry, Pazio. Um, Pazio. Well, oh, oh, I mean, like, I mean, it, it's the same thing with Pazio. Like, everybody's awesome, swashbuckling adventure, very pulpy, you know, it's like, and this is more like a, a gritty, more like, um... Gritty mystery, dig into the, you know, mysteries of the universe. Yeah, Ancient yeah. races. Which is also, they release these books. Like, so these books are huge. They're like these enormous books. You can't see it right here. He's using hand gestures, you know, as if you guys at home could see them. Close your eyes and and feel the theater of the mind. Let me take you there. Let me take you there. They're about like like a foot and a half or like a foot long. They're these huge books. And you open them up and they lie flat. And basically they're pages that you can draw on. And the fantasy one has like the tavern, the temple, the graveyard, and like all, like it's like fifty of these things. And also you can get them on like a big computer. You can download the PDFs and get a computer screen, which I totally used for like a graveyard. Right. And there, Emily also backed with my wife, by the way, backed um, the the Glimmer Space one, which is the the basically the spaceship version of that, like space one. It's got like you know the 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 spaceship, you know the abandoned outpost, you know, et cetera, et cetera. No, I'm pretty excited. I they which. I don't like use a lot of like like five foot five foot miniature stuff anymore, but it's good to like have something in like and be like, all right, this is the kind of what it looks like. Yeah, no, absolutely. Sometimes. Yeah. Because certain members of this table are very, 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 very bad at drawing. Uh, well, well, that is a strong accusation, sure. My penmanship two, skills... Two of us... Two, two people at this table are terrible. One claims to be good, but is also not that good. Yeah, I'm yeah Matt. Do you seem to hurt on Roll20? No, no, no. <laughs> do you not... Well, that's Roll20. It's different. And I showed you a picture of a sticky note I drew in five minutes, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Do you not remember my super awesome whiteboard art? That was... Uh, that was probably top not. notch. Of a key Punk town. When you put oh, that thing and you were sucking up all the money <laughs> after you totally murked those people. Yeah. Uh yeah. No, Ben can Ben can barely write. Um that's Oh yeah, no, no, no. I write like I'm well, all three of us write like with No, when I like hand my 
sheets in at work yeah. when the next shift comes in and I say, all right, this is the person you're going to see. I have to take and I have to explain everything about that person that's coming in because I know they physically can't read my handwriting. Yep. I have yep. that problem all the time. Yep. I have to hand handwritten things to my secretary all the time yeah. to type up for me. Yeah. And every time it's, I, I don't know what this says. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so quick question about the yes. number space thing because it, it immediately popped in my head when you mentioned the books and you could draw on them. Uh-huh. Um, when you draw on them, is it like, you know, is it like laminated so it can yes, wipe like, off? Like, yes, like, it's wipe off. Okay. You can like wipe it off. So. so you can just keep reusing it. Yes, yes. Oh, so we, oh, we got to turn the volume down because of your children upstairs? No, I was telling you that I have oh. to go upstairs to check on my child, so you should pause it. Oh, that's not what... Well, we can just keep well, talking. Well, when you, when you go... We don't like, need you. Yeah, we don't need you. Get out of here. Me and Ben will talk. Get, get, hey, hey, I told you not... Get, get out of here. I, Why are you still on your hey, phone? you're still on your phone. Do you you're not still love sitting, us? You're sitting there. Me and Ben have to have us time. And, <laughs> and, you, and you know, this is an ABC conversation when you see your way out. Oh! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Andrew Dice Clay jokes will never get old. No, so, uh, a, a side note, um, if you don't want to listen to about um, um, Steven Seagal, you can fast forward this like about like five minutes or so, because we're going to have a mini conversation about Steven Seagal, okay. because I'm obsessed with like 80s, 90s action stars, and basically like anybody from like the 80s, 90s who was like really into themselves and thought they were like hot stuff, but like it's obviously they kind of weren't hot stuff. Andrew Dice Clay, Steven Seagal, Van Damme, but he's a little bit more self-referential now. He kind of gets it, but but so I was talking about um, Steven Seagal and this guy at my work. He was talking about it. And he was a huge and he and we were going on and on about the Seagal films and you know how he's like you know he thinks he's like the best thing ever and everything. And I he told me about these old Mad TV sketches with Steven Seagal, which I had no idea existed. Did you have any idea about this? It's I like, did. I mean, I. I I could believe he'd be on there, but I didn't no, know. No, no, no. It was like somebody impersonating him. Oh, and okay. then it was that's, like, that's even like, better. I'm Steven Seagal. Like, he goes to, like, Steven Seagal, Small Town America. And then, like, he goes to, like, this small diner, and it was with him, like, beating everybody up and killing everybody, and, like, throwing them over, like, like through, like, like, smashing their faces in and stuff. And then he goes to a, he goes to a vote. This is when Joe Lieberman was, like, running for, I forget what, like, back in the aughts or something. I can't remember, but. It was like him, like like somebody was explaining like voting to him, and he was going to like the voting booth, and he just learned about the Holocaust, and so like he was like telling people they had to vote for Joe Lieberman, and if they didn't, like he was really offended, he would start like beating them up like brutally. I mean, it was just a, it's it's really really absurd, but it's it was pretty funny, and it was something like I totally missed growing up, but like the skit still hold up pretty pretty well. See, I never really liked a lot of the Steven Seagal style films because to me, I hate they're not they're not very good. Well, but even more than that, like mm-hmm. I I don't like media, and this is one of the re- biggest reasons I hate the Uncharted games. I don't like media where the co- where the protagonist comes off as like super competent, like that. Like I had a problem with that with the Tomb Raider movie as well, like because Tomb Raider the games, you know, you felt like Laura Croft was a human being. I mean, yeah, she was like going on killing people, but at the same time, she's cracking jokes, she's flirting, she you know she gets hurt, she bleeds. Uh-huh. So she feels like a human being. And then you have, like, Nathan Drake, who always just seems to come off with this smug, unlikable douchebag, and just, he's always succeeding, so it's not interesting. Steven Seagal is kind of the same way. It's like, if Uh they're always coming off as super competent, Uh you know, what's the threat? Why should I care? I could, I can, I can agree with that. Because Steven Seagal movies, like, he comes off as, like, like, no one ever, especially back in, like, the 80s, 90s, like, no one lays a hand on Steven Seagal. And if, like, if you, like, like touch him like a feather, like, he snaps their necks. Like, it just doesn't happen. Uh-oh, Matt's come back, so we have to end our Steven Seagal talk. Uh, oh, which is oh unfortunate, because there's a lot of... Disgusting. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of fertile ground there, but... We oh, can, like, we, uh, we, I mean, we could, we could take the whole podcast episode talking about this. But I digress. I mean, it's good. It's going to turn into um, UConn when we were doing Andrew Dice Clay jokes when Ryan was trying to sleep. <laughs> Do you, do you remember that? No. Oh my goodness! Like it was. I think Ryan was trying to sleep, and it was me, Alex, and Justin. And and Justin was like pulling up old clips of Andrew Dice Clay and playing with the kitchen table at like one thirty in the morning. Was after, it? Was after, this the most recent UConn? Uh, it, I, it was one of the cons. It or was, was it the one where I was stuck in the hotel room the entire time? It might have been that one. But yeah, it, it, well, it, that it, was UConn where you were stuck in the hotel. That okay. was the last UConn. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, no, it wasn't that one. It was one before that. It was, it, it was and like it was a ruthless day, like long games, and like we were just like lost it, and like and Ryan was trying to sleep, and I was. It must have been confusion. Might have been. Might have been. But I digress. Let's get back on on topic. Let Steven Seagal talk more bar talk. Yeah. What's our next little topic? So. Ben has an elevator pitch for us. Yeah, so one thing he wanted me to talk about, because we were talking earlier about 
one of our strategies being like the A-team strategy. And whenever we talk about the A-team these days, it always makes me think of a little bit more recent thing, you know, the TV show Leverage, which I don't think either of you have ever seen. I've seen a couple I've probably seen an episode. Um, question, how many seasons did Leverage get? There were Three? five. Ooh, more than I actually thought, so. Yeah, they they heard the thing. I don't, I don't, I don't know how, because it's not good. <laughs> That, that is a lie. Everyone at home, <laughs> Leverage is a good show. Send your, send, your, um, send your hate mail to Matt. Season 5 that has a lot of... <laughs> yeah. Season 5 has a lot of filler, but, you know, it ends really, really well, and, like, by that point, they, they had already kind of determined that they wanted to end it. They wanted to go out with dignity, and I think they did that. But mm-hmm. uh, then there was a game, actually, um, designed by one of the... Or that was in, designed in... What's the word I'm looking for? In collaboration with one of the TV show's creators using uh, something called the Cortex system. I think I mentioned this before. In, Cortex, that sounds really familiar. Yeah, I mentioned it before like uh, a couple other times. We, we have actually playtested the system a bit. But uh, it, the Cortex system is... I played is, with you in a couple of cons, yeah. too. I so said the Cortex system was basically... It was designed It was designed for um, like a Marvel superhero thing. Mm. I, I can't remember mm. what the actual okay. thing... It was like... I don't... It wasn't... We own it. It's the spider... The... Ugh... Now you're blanking. I know. We own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the little book. Oh, for Marvel? Is yeah. it Marvel? Okay. Yeah, like one of the Marvel games. They also use it for a Firefly one. Uh, okay. They use it for a few things. I think there was a Star Trek one about it as well. Which is a good storytelling system. Yeah, basically that's all it is. Is it takes a system and it incorporates elements of that genre and then uses them to you know you have like a dice pool. You roll the dice and then you take the two okay. highest and like you match that against like a GM roll. So it, it works. It's a very simple one and it's very heavily. Uh, based in narrative, and uh, one of the things that I was kind of noticing, and and when I was playing with Matt, he actually said, "You, you this is one of the things I think you praised was that rather than like everything else, you know, like in D and D, you have classes, so like some people might play a barbarian or a bard or this or that, but the classes can play out in so many different ways, and like people might try to play a bard as like you know a pass or a barbarian as like a pacifist. I've seen people do that, uh-huh. and this one is is very much more like you have actual roles, and rather than everyone trying to do like everything." A little bit and kind of failing at anything they're not good at. It's like no, if you're if you're a hitter, you fight things. Like that, yeah. that's all you like. So if things go to sh- if things go to crap, the hitter goes in and he beats up whatever the problem is to get him out of there. So real quick, how do the mechanics work for it? So okay. it's it is players are divided into roles of the party. Yes. So how it works is and, and character creation is super simple for this. You determine who's going to be what role, and there's five roles. Uh, which if you've seen the series. Um, they're basically that. It's, you know, hitter, grifter, thief, um, hacker, and mastermind. And, like, people decide kind of who they want to play. You'll pitch it. You kind of talk over what you want your characters to do. And then, like, you have, you have your main roll die, Mm -hmm. which is, um, a d10. Mm -hmm. You have, you pick a secondary roll right there, character creation. And then, like, that's, actually, no, no, no. You don't pick the secondary roll character creation. Um, you pick it later. Remember, you start with a primary roll. Then you pick your stats. Um, what you have kind of a, it's a bit weird. You have a bit of a pool, but there's, you know, it gives like how it's going to play out. So the six stats you have are awareness, um, agility, endurance, strength, um, intelligence, and willpower. And I say there's no actual charisma stat in there either, which is an interesting thing I can get to in a bit. But when you have those stats, again, and the way it plays out, everything has a die associated with it. So is it like a, like a, a die size? Like a, like a D4, yes. D6? Like D8? so... Savage World style? Yeah, kind of like that. And or the way it works... fantasy. I say the way uh-huh. it works is everything kind of start. All the stats kind of start as a D8. So okay. you could technically play a, a guy with straight D8s in their stats. Oh, so, do, so you can like bump others up to lower others down? Is that the yes. thing you do? If you bump up a D8, you, can lo- you have to lower... Or you bump up a D8 to a D10, you have to lower one of your other D8s to a D6. Six. And you can do that with up to three stats where you bump to lower. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so you, there's four... Di- technically, there's four different stat arrays you could use, and then you just assign them to whatever stats okay. you feel are useful. Once you've got that, you basically... I think you pick, like, one... You pick one trait about yourself, which basically mm-hmm. traits are just things like, you know, what's your character like? Like, you know, are they jolly? Are they, you know, are they strong? Are they tough? You know, like, what... Th- things that could describe your character, like, in a sentence. Or like mm-hmm. in a, just a little p- yeah. p- thing, and then from there you start off like a, a starter scenario, and you pick the rest of the things as you go. Oh, okay. So like every person at the end of it will get like a perk, which allows them to do like a temporary cool thing at the expense of what are called plot points. Um, you pick that. You pick two more traits, which the party basically picks the traits for you based on what you're doing. Okay. 
Okay. And uh, then that's also where you assign the other two rolls. You have a secondary roll at a D or yeah, roll die. I, I want to make sure I clarify it for like your rolls. Um, secondary roll at a D eight and a third roll at a D six. So it means you can you'll still primarily do your main roll, but if like someone else needs help and you have a secondary roll that can help them, you can kind of go in. Generally, again, it doesn't happen. Like I said, if you're if you're the hitter. Nine times out of ten, especially in the series, anyone else who tried to fight would usually just get in the way. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, if so, you have like well-defined roles that you have to like play into those roles. Yeah, yeah, yep. it's, and it that's your skills. So, roles. like when it's time for the hacker to step up and do the hacking role, the hacker does it. You don't have really a catch-all. I mean, there isn't one. There is not a catch-all character. Yeah, I mean, I, the the apocalypse world system kind of works in the same way with characters. I mean, you're the scientist, or you're the doctor, and if you it's like, or you're this person, any of their various systems. Like if you want to do something and you want to heal somebody are you a doctor no tough luck you know stuff like that yeah. so and i mean you can still technically this, do those things but you're just going to be not as good at it. yeah which so these systems are f- fantastic for one having a well-balanced party every time like yes. it really does it plays very well it's a great con system We've, i've seen it you probably run it half a dozen times maybe a couple of times i've run it about four or five times at cons yeah, so, and it always seems to go really well because you have those well-defined roles. As long as you have all the roles, it's usually playable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good system for, well, we've all experienced them. The, 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 the star of the shows every single time um, mm-hmm. to kind of give them, like, like this is how teamwork works and, and uh, training exercises. Yeah, I want to bring in my 40-level dwarf barbarian who's about to do yeah. it. It's like, it, it's like, all right, you know, it's like... I, I roll for every single roll, but you're not the healer. It doesn't matter. I'm going to roll a heel check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's like, oh, like it's, the stop people it. who people who feel like a Deus Ex Machina. Can you just this, yeah. play the scullery maid and be happy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like you're the barbarian. You don't need to be the cleric too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no. So I uh, um, where that came from and where we reminded the system was based on our, our our discussion. One of the big things we've used to test quite a few systems, um, and almost I would say break them is we use the A-team as an example. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same concept. You have your face, your bruiser, your crazy um, uh, person, and your leader. Yeah, like, you're, mm-hmm. yep. You're the talker, the hitter, the skill junkie, and the, you know, the leader who kind of keeps everything organized. Right. Mm-hmm. Which we've, again, we've used numerous times. We usually times skip the leader role and go straight for the smart guy, the bruiser, and the, uh, the face, um, mm-hmm. yeah. to much the same success, and it really does when when you when you're picking something like that because it's a very well rounded party. Uh-huh. You can usually test the system well to see if a good party can yeah, right, and can it, play it well. And it kind of you know to, to branch off of what you guys talked about. That's very it's very good to have like a, that when you're dealing with um, parties of, of people like just role playing in general. When you're sitting around a table, you know, so that one person isn't sucking all the all the oxygen out of the room, because you know, it, with with other games, with um, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, and to like a lot of other games, like it encourages this min maxing, uh, being awesome at everything, uh, you know, kind of mentality, and then you know, it's got everybody trying to strangle each other to get yeah, in try, the everyone everyone wants to be the best in combat, so yeah. it's like, well, you know. Yeah, I mean it's it the systems like that, and this is kind of what I like based on that. Like other systems I've played as well that are along the same lines, is it fosters a lot more cooperation. It's also really good for getting people to like back people up. So one of the good things about the system and the reason they give you a secondary role generally doesn't come into play that much. But if like the prime, like if your hitter's struggling, and I, I think we had an issue a, a situation like that once where we were playing. Playtesting a system, and our hitter just kept rolling ones, which in that system yeah, is bad. Yeah, yeah. If you roll ones, like you just things called complications come up, and it just the situation uh. keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Uh. So, like at that point, they had a secondary person, like Parker, had to show up and kind of help him and ease some of the pressure off him so he could finish the fight. Mm-hmm. So, things like that. I mean, things like that. You know, even though that person doesn't do it a lot, uh-huh. they can still come in and you know assist if necessary. Well, here's a question for you because this is another question. So, like. What is the buy-in factor, or like, what is like if I I don't watch the Lever Show? I've never yes. watched it before. Um, how fun is this game going to be if I've never seen the show? Because that's also another one. It's like um, it, if you've it ever depends. so because it, it, really what it plays out like is or is like it a, more like is it no because everyone's seen Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. So if you've ever wanted to play Ocean's Eleven the RPG, 
this this would be the exactly. way to do it. Okay, because leverage leverage is basically somewhere in, in theme to the Ocean's Eleven. It's like you know, it starts out where this guy. Well, this it's old, like a, it's like a TV version. It's like a serial yeah. version of Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a guy, a guy, a former insurance investigator gets stuck with like a team of thieves, and after they get screwed over, but then they they get back at the guy who got him. They get like the ultimate score, like millions. It's, of dollars. it's kind of it's kind of Ocean's Eleven. If the Ocean's Eleven characters became the A Team, yeah. Okay. Which is basically what they do. They then go around, they help people, and they when they get the money, they give it back because they already have all the money they'll ever need, yeah, so who cares? It's because like, games like this, I see them, they come out, and like they're. it's one of those where, like, have you seen the show? No? Well, then forget about it, because you're going to be just utterly lost. I noticed some of the RPGs we have about that that are based off, like, TV shows and things like that. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, do you like playing, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? We got Buffy the Vampire Slayer RPG. you never seen it before? Good luck, you know, yeah. or, or like... I mean, I would say, like, so, like, we've talked about this, which you've never seen Supernatural, but whenever you tell me a story about cult or the system cult or describe things that are in there, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's pretty much I've, Supernatural, yeah. the I, I, show. I, and I've, have you I've, seen it yet? I've seen I've seen the first season. I've, yeah, it's I've I've known this about myself that I lack a um uh like a cultural understanding of a lot of things when it comes to like um like media and things. So basically describing these things and running these things like, oh it's just like this, you ever seen it? I was like, no. Well we've <laughs> always, well, you and I both and, and Ben, you're not any better. Um maybe you are now, I don't know, but like famous guy comes to con that we're at and sits down at a table and we're like, Hey, what's up? And then, like, don't you know? It kind of like don't you know we, there are certain people who are very like chill and very like like oh hey you know introduce themselves. And we're like oh hey nice to meet you. You know how long you've been gaming and you know we'll have a general same conversation we have with anyone who sits at our table. Yeah. And then you do get the occasional guy who's like well don't you know who I am? See, um, which is that was one of the big useful someone who not we're gonna talk about. Yeah, um, we all we all know um, who talked about. <laughs> was very good about letting us know who those people were. We don't have that anymore. Justin's pretty good at that, I guess. He can mm-hmm. fill in. But, like, we really, like... like. Uh, yeah, well, it, the problem is, I don't think you should really... I mean, yeah, okay, they did this stuff and it's really cool, but at the same point, like, if we want to be taken seriously and if you want to actually... I mean, even if you don't, like, there comes a point where, like, the hero worship of this needs to get toned down. And I think it's largely because most of these people are so used to, like, the uber nerds who are like, oh my gosh, this is a thing I like. It's a great A, best version of well, it ever. I think, I think, I think it's a, a, a general part of nerd culture that like really bad hero worship that is like, is, you know, it's, it's kind of fun, but also can have like a real big like dark side. Like, you don't like this guy, I hate you. Stuff like yeah. that. When like, it's like, well, you, you said something bad about my hero, I'm going to dox you online or something. You know, that's what people, I hate about modern well, nerd culture. Well, and like, it's, it's really, it's really like, you know, like, like really, it's like, don't be a stalker. Nasty undercurrent of like nerd culture when it comes this kind of stuff that you're not willing to bow down and grovel who I'm willing to bow down and grovel then you're like dirt then you're nothing and it's like whoa 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 we're all just a couple of guys at a table here to play some games we're all here fine to, art we're, we're, we're it, all hey, people try to treat you, like certain have, RPGs have you ever heard of the nerd hierarchy this was back in the, in the McSweeney's days years ago back in the early aughts and it was called the nerd hierarchy we and if you haven't this. if you haven't looked this up folks look it up and basically it was created by somebody it was basically like like it's like the people at the top and then like the people at the bottom and it's like the people at the top are like published fantasy authors so like you got your you know like George's, uh, George R. R. Martins you've got like you know all the people that are like big names those people are like actually writing literature and then underneath you have these other people and then like basically it's like everybody who's Below in the pyramid can look down at everybody who's below them and be like, at least they're not like these nerds, these bunch of nerd losers. But, you know, they're not as good as the people like above them. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that in probably a decade. I'm having you brought that up, maybe think of that again. <laughs> people who write fan fiction. Yeah. Or furries who write fan fiction. I think it I think it ended at furries was like the last point in the nerd hierarchy. I yeah. think that was yeah. it. Or it was well, like fur- it was furries are subhuman anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I'm 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 intentionally trolling. Ben, um, if you know anything about Ben, I'm 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 gonna let you know this right now. Ben is a consummate troller, like, like trolling full time. You know that stereotypical keyboard warrior troll. Keyboard warrior troll. And, and the the problem is 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 most you know we run into people like that quite frequently in our, our circles. And most of the time, you have a hole in your armpit, sir. Nope. Time for a new shirt. Oh, are you serious? Sorry, buddy. Oh, darn it. Side I actually like this shirt. Hey, so, you know, we run into people like that all the time. And, like, most of them do it by accident or, like, it becomes, like, just their lifestyle because they have a passion. And then it's like, you don't love my passion, you're dirt. Like, totally not 
like intentionally trolling. No, no, Ben, you're just an a-hole who loves to troll by choice. I was I was literally when Chris finished his thing, I, I was going to say, in summary, Ben is an asshole. That's yeah. his, that's no, the summary like, version. Like absolutely um <laughs> beyond a doubt. So and this it's, this is the nerd this is I found it, the nerd hierarchy. So so it's like it's looks like this, folks. You, you can look oh, it up, it's like the first thing. So the first one is published science fiction authors. Underneath of it is science fiction literature fans. Underneath that is like anime fans who insist on subtitles and anime fans who don't care about subtitles. Like this is all one row. Video gamers, science fiction, television fans, amateur science fiction writers, and like it keeps going down until it all points down to furries. And then underneath furries is erotic furries. And then underneath erotic furries is what is it? People who write erotic versions of Star Trek where all the characters are furries, like Kirk is an ocelot or something, and they put a furry version of themselves as the star of the story. And so it's kind of like this weird. So Sonic fans, basically. Oh, yeah. Sure, but like, basically, like it's like this. This is this is this is this is this is internet like archaeology here because this, it is. That is yeah, this, no, it's, this, because I remember making that joke ten years. Because it's like, like if you're at the top, you consider yourself less geeky than the person underneath you. It's not. It's not like you know who's better or the furries suck. It's just you know it's basically like the people who are above you think they're better than you because they're not as nerdier than you. You know. And you know, because I'm a public science fiction author, I'm I'm better than all these other people at the bottom, which is just nonsense. We're all sitting around a table playing fantasy elf games. We pretend to be people that don't exist. Yeah. Well, and again, I I don't really care about that. Like I was trying to say to um, you know, when you were talking earlier, like you know, say George R. R. Martin. I'm a huge fan of Game of Thrones. I've read the first three books. I kind of stopped after a while reading the books. I got involved in other things, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I've read the first three books. I've I've skimmed through a little bit of the fourth. They're good. They're good books. They're you know, they're very. They're a bit niche. Like I, I, so for example, Matt, who's not here right now, uh, doesn't really like the books. He's more a fan of the series, whereas I'm more a fan of the books. I can understand why he's more a fan of the series. Certain bits in the writing are just kind of a bit weird. But again, the point is, if I ever ran into George R. R. Martin in real life, I'd say, "Oh, hey, how's it going? I'm a fan of your work." I wouldn't stand there for twenty minutes gushing over him. That to me is you, you, you wouldn't insane. Wait, you, you wouldn't wait till he leaves the table and then eat the rest of his food. Why on earth would I want to do that? Be- it would have been touching his gross beard. Well, I mean, if you're a real <laughs> fan, you want you want a part of the beard inside you. No. That's what you do. That's what you do. Like I, it doesn't matter who who shows up. Pretty much, like how uh-huh. no matter how big of a fan of them, I try like just treat them like a human being because that's really yeah. What we and all f- folks at home, like just you know, treat everybody like nicely and like a human being. And just because you know you do something doesn't make you better than somebody else. And you know, and don't let other people don't don't let other people look down on you because you know because you play uh, I don't know some bizarre RPG made because, made RPG I played it and I loved it so don't let those people look down on you for like w- whatever you know because yeah. unless you're a furry and that in which case screw <laughs> look I, I say this is I say this is a joke because one of the guys at oh. my work and I talk to him all the time he's actually pretty really cool. He is, has admitted that he is basically a furry. Like he he watches furry stuff. He'll do it at work sometimes. Does he have a well? Does he have a fur suit though? Yes. Okay. All right. I will. I will. I will let him. Because like he's like I'm a furry. Be like, are you? Do you got a? Do you got the suit? Yeah. Like he Sweet. he he go he goes to like furry conventions dressed as a furry. Like he'll he does all this kind of stuff. So, but it, getting back to the troll thing, I will troll him frequently. Again, because we know each other well enough at this point. Cause yeah. He's, he's also well, it's, well, it's a gentle furry. ribbing, but like you know. You know him. You just don't go and like like tear people down that you don't know and like try and destroy their lives. Well, it's or do you, Ben? Well, it also depends on interpretation. Like I was making an admitted joke. It's like I don't actually think that I'm saying I'm taking a position that I don't actually hold because I'm trying to like go after this. And it's it's one of those things, you know. The intention the intention something is met with is something you have to take into consideration. Not everything is a direct attack on you. Like you you can't you can't treat everything as such. And that's another thing that kind of annoys ben, me in modern days. People ben. who treat their objective, the, who treat their subjective personal interpretations as the one actual ben. truth. I wrote an RPG where you're telekinetic cats in the future. Yeah, I know. And you played it, and you got hammered. I got that. I got that. I got that stuff on lockdown. That's on the internet now. Yeah. Well, that was fun just because I, 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 I that was fun because I was you hammered were, you, making dumb. You, you were there. The, the, the second portion of that is Ben has too much to drink. You get rid of the bathroom. He's like. <laughs> I remember that. I remember enjoying it quite a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I remember I had to like everybody was getting too hammered. I basically had to end the podcast because like it was like we were not going anywhere. It's like all right, this is over. All right. So what's what's next on the docket, man? So, you see, you left the table and we got all off topic. We can't get back on down the train. How much time are we at? Oh, we're at like thirty five minutes. We oh, got so some we got time. time. Okay. We got plenty time. So, uh, main topic. Yes. How this is super relevant. Um, unfortunately, our RuneQuest campaign is super behind. But our main topic tonight is how to manage character death and dismemberment. This is a big topic because, uh, or a good topic to have with Ben here, because... I frequently had characters die. Well, not only that, you also killed one of my characters and I rage quit over it. I Well, yeah, but to be fair, you were totally taking advantage of that campaign and trying to, like... You were trying to murder Hobo that. Chris, you were there. You remembered that. Oh, I remember. And how many campaigns since then have you murdered Hobo? <laughs> Not, not the Uh-oh. point. At least Uh-oh. up to there's like two or three. Who's not the point. Not the exactly. <laughs> the big thing is it was Ben's first campaign, and he was being he unintentionally being very railroady, and you you literally broke like every single DM don't do rule in the first couple sessions. And it, it, you know you know it's um, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. You, you know it's funny. Uh, we all did that. I th- I yes. was I was very heavy handed in the early stage of the Fallout campaign. Oh, bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like another reference. Really? Right, around, yeah. right around the same time, you had that zombie campaign you tried to do, and we were, it was on rails. Like, oh we were, yeah, I go that. here, go here, go here. That. We tried to go off, and it's like, no, 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 that doesn't work. <laughs> well, there were actually a lot of options you could have gotten done, but you didn't go in. The, yeah, we did. Don't defend yourself, man. No, because you could have gone out the other side of the apartment complex. See, see, and this, would have this gone is why we have these issues. Anyway, oh, right, person. Oh, oh. <laughs> Anyways, Any, but that anyways, one was, so, and that one was supposed to be like a simple one shot, like uh-huh. shenanigans. So, so we have to, we have. Oh, so back on the topic of trying to do yes. like character so, deaths, because yeah. character's gonna die. I recently in RuneQuest was very bitter because I got dismembered not <laughs> Again, once, twice, twice. And in RuneQuest, it takes several months, uh, like oh, some, yeah. almost a couple seasons, to get yeah. your limbs back. Yeah. So the first thing was my main hand, which luckily my character's fighting style, I don't take a penalty using my offhand. So I was still semi-able to, but if I took any damage to my arm that was regrowing, it's you lost it like completely again. So damned if you do, damned if you don't type situation, I basically had to run away from combat and basically became useless. Luckily my kid was born and so I took a couple sessions off for that and it kind of worked out well. First session back, you know, fine, whatever. I missed the second session back. Third session back, magic arrow from the sky, from a wyvern, blows off my leg. Mm -hmm. I was, I still am, so mad about it. And now we're stuck in the rubble, and I can't get back. So th- this has turned into a topic of like, 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 kind of how do you handle this? And like, like in the games, so like in this game, my character's a liability and unusable. Mm-hmm. And it's an issue because, like, I don't, I don't see a way as a player. I don't see a way out for my character, short of like it almost would have been better if he had died, so that I could say, okay, that sucks. He's dead. I'll bring in a new character. No way. Now I have this cripple who's going to basically become like so. My my character's fate has become a vagabond. Uh, begging on the streets. No, you have or to just you have to ride on Troll Dad's back, casting a lightning bolt. To pretty much, well, you can or, only do that a couple times. Or just get your old brother to defeat the King of Westeros and become the new King of Westeros. Sorry, reference to the season finale, the series finale of Game of Thrones. Womp womp. Spoiler alert. You 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 can be Matt the Broken. I could be so, Matt the Broken. So uh, no, because we, we, so don't worry. We're gonna get some dwarves. We're gonna give you a nice dwarven leg. It's gonna be sweet. It's also going to be like semi intelligent and like eat people. Mm-hmm. It'll fix the machine. Um, so yeah, so it, it's very tough. Um, we've all had characters die. Oh yeah. Have oh I, yeah. Um, Monku <laughs> killed one of my characters. Oh yeah. Sorry, I, I'm just thinking about one. That was a, that was a big deal. I'm thinking about one yeah. in particular, actually, who your character did. Your character himself didn't die, but he, but uh, something else did. You know what I'm talking about, Chris? Well, no, right? no, that was that was after. Monku killed my character. Oh yeah. Oh, that was the same campaign. Was I forgot yes, Monku? Yeah, was you all you, you all muted out, and then he went and, like shot you in the head a bunch of times. Uh, well, no, he opened the FEV virus. Yeah, and which should not have affected me the way it did because my character was one of the mole people who had already been affected by the FEV. It was a pure strain of FEV virus. That's true. Like from the it didn't war. affect him. No, because he was. He's a also ghoul. a ghoul. Yeah. So I would have become. A super but, so talk about anyways. like player also like. I want to say this. So, like, player death all depends on 
the system that you're running, the genre that you're running, and the the players at the table. Yeah. So I mean, like, if you're running Dungeons and Dragons, like three three point five, I will merc your character like that because you can go back to town, earn enough money, and get him resurrected. Correct. Like it, it, like there's no real consequence, and and, and mostly it's like it's it, there's like. You know, it's like, oh, if you resurrect, you lose a point of constitution. It's like, well, we're just going to hang out in town and earn enough money to pay for a true res, and then nothing will happen. So, like, there's basically no, except for time and time in the session, uh, like, there's no cost to that. So, like, dying is more of an inconvenience for, like, heroes than an actual uh, thing. So, in one of my campaigns... Like, that happened. Like, a green dragon grabbed one of the characters, breathed acid all over them, and melted them. Like, grabbed onto them and breathed acid. And, like, it was a pu- they were a puddle. And so they scraped her in a bucket. Like, the rest of the stuff that was in a bucket took the bucket back to town and then spent a bunch of time making money and hired a guy from, like, three cities over and spent, like, two months there for him to, like, come on over to cast True Res and got her resurrected. So yeah, I and yes, I would agree a hundred percent. Like that is a big thing. Also, can... like in in genre, like if you're playing like Call of Cthulhu and you expect your character to have like the shelf life of wherever, it's like whoa. whoa I think you're playing you play the wrong game. You play the wrong game. So keep looking, buddy. That is so versus that, and that is where you know. And I I've had characters die in like a three point five. Like there's no consequences. It's fine. That's the problem with this game is the consequences are dire and suck an awful lot. Like in, in death, I could walk away from like dismemberment. Like if just. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no satisfaction in it. So that's one of the big things I would say is, is as a GM, which Eric is a very fair GM, so he, the rules determine the results, right? Um, and more often than not, we're lucky. Mm-hmm. So I get where he's coming from. And this is one of those ones where, you know, we've talked about GM style before. My GM style, I would absolutely have fudged the dice to not make a character unplayable, to not blow off, or come up with a different creative solution if I mm-hmm. did that. You know, the Lunars would have used some magic to grow it back or something like that to to keep that character engaged. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that's... Five, six, seven years ago, I would have just not come back. You quit. Yeah. I would have quit. I would have just been like, yeah, well, there's no point. You know, I'm not going to... After four years of playing this character, to just have him, be, you know, become useless well, uh, for a second time in a row... Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean RuneQuest is, has very much, like, the Call of Cthulhu style, like... Yeah. It, yep. it, like, if you roll poorly... Or somehow they roll good, like and like get a lucky shot. It, yeah. It's like it's like that's it. It's like oh, they they did like double damage on your head. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Game like over. that's it. Yeah. Or like cast some ultra high powerful magic or spell. And also, uh, we're super it, underpowered in that game. That's that's too. why we're fighting like yeah. super powerful people. So, uh, but I mean, we're like, fighting like like high lunars and we're bunch of street thugs. Street thugs, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, you know, and and there again, it kind of depends on like how do you handle it and stuff like that. So. Uh, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Is like you know, know your players, know your system. You know, call Cthulhu, kill everyone. If 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 anyone lives through the night, you, you know, you're not doing it right. Well, mm-hmm. and again, I think you bring up an interesting point of the contrast of death versus worse consequences. Because again, in D and D, like you know, you die, ah, no big deal. You can just come back. But like, if you if you find like like Chris tends to do, find like what a person's dream is and absolutely crush it, <laughs> so they can't what? get it. what. Yeah, there are worse things you could do, you, you know. Like killing off a person's entire race. But that... <laughs> Ooh, that's a... What a bad guy. With that no, massive notebook that, you had. That, but the thing was, and that depends on your player too, like, like I, I, this is not me boasting, but, like, I'm the type of player who can come back from that. Mm-hmm. Like, and I did, and it really, that became a defining pillar of my char- my role-playing. Yeah. Because... Was the, was the vengeance. Was the vengeance and the drive to you know basically make up for that and you know enact my and that's and that's the and that's the good role playing is taking something like that and playing with it like in character instead of just saying i quit and that's when you like it it gets like a good role player versus like uh uh, like just like an inexperienced role player is 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 like they, they 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 take it too hard and they don't like see it as something to play through and have fun with they just see it as my like they see it like a video game my character died now i gotta start over yeah you know that, that's actually what those kind of systems make me think of is a lot of those old school Probably video games that would kill you type. for nothing. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, all those old systems, like, you weren't meant to get super attached to your characters. Hey, you've got four or five different characters, you know? Like, you, you're running, it, like, all the old dungeons, which I have been looking through because we're going to run through some in Lamentations. But so it's like, this is a, for a party of, like, this many characters, and it's always an insane amount, like, 12 characters. Like, who's running so 12 characters through a dungeon? I would say the general rule of thumb, really, then, for most 
unless true res is regularly available, I would say is it, you know I would consider it the new you know player death or not player death player death is tragedy. Character death is the nuclear option. Mm-hmm. Always there, always present. You know you should always be mindful and fearful of it. Mm-hmm. But it's really not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know it's kind of how you. I always want to feel that my character has an impending doom. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I don't actually want my character to die, just like real life. Like, you know, that encourages you to be a smart player, to make smart decisions, to think your way through situations, and not just everybody play the Reckless Barbarian all the time, because that would be boring. That would be fun for two hours if I'm drunk, and then it would be boring. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's... You can't really do that in Call of Cthulhu. Like, I remember the Mask game specifically, and this is, like, I think a key... No, no, no. Call of Cthulhu, the bombs are dropping. Like, they're coming. Like, you can see them overhead. <laughs> you might be able to escape one or two, but eventually that, one of them is going to get third, you. That third one's going to get you. Yeah. Or, or if you're Chris, you're just going to get un- you're gonna get unlucky. Like, it's going to bounce off one character and land on you. Because yeah. you are you are attracted to deaths in that oh game. Oh, my goodness. Like, it's just one after another. Just Which game? Uh, the Mass and Arl Thota. We got, like, half... We got, like, a quarter way through it. Not even. Not even. We didn't even finish it, but, like, I had, like, nine or ten character deaths. We, I had a stack of character sheets, like, that thick. Oh half gosh, of them were his. Yeah. Yeah, writing on the side, be like, killed by cultists, stabbed by cultists, shot by cultists. Except for one who went nuts because he kept inhaling that stupid black incense and <gasps> oh, then murdered the party. everybody! I forgot about that. Except for, uh, what was her name? Raven. Raven's character, yes. you convinced to join yes. you, and then you oh, went and joined the cult. That's, that, see, that's a, that's, an, that's another thing where it's like, it's like I'm kind of a good role player, but a bad role player. Because like <laughs> if I'm in character and like something bad happens to me that makes me do something really bad, yeah. like I'll own it to... like. The auntie, like if I just like oh you turn evil it's like well then I gotta get rid of all these other people and all these people are gonna die and all the p- people are like Mike call Mike who we had on the show last time almost leapt across the table and strangled me <laughs> well so he you know it's interesting we talk about him and Mike like I hope you're not offended by this talk but like He's someone who does not handle character death very well. No, and in his, in his I, I of, take some of the blame for that. <laughs> oh yeah, and his games kind of reflect that. They're very, um, they're very pulpy, um, high action. They remind me of like you know some of the early like serials and like kind of like comic book stories yeah. where like you know it's like there's danger, but like you know the you know the good guys are always gonna kind of come out on top. You know the, somebody might die, and that's a huge tragedy. But you know you're not gonna like show up, and the villain's just gonna like murk five people, and you gotta run away. Correct. Yeah. The dragon's not going to swallow everyone and then... Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, you know, kind of just different, different, like, GMing styles. Well, and that's where, again, it takes... You you really got to know. So, this thing is, I really burned him out with Space Buccaneers when you guys, you know, you you guys basically hit a TPK. Mm Mm-hmm. Because of an action he did, and, and a couple other things, too, but, like, and that had, you know, that, this goes back to my GM consequences, where, like, you guys can do whatever the hell you want. But, like, there's a real story going on. There's a real plot. The galaxy's turning around you, whether you're paying attention to it or not. Mm-hmm. And, like, his actions had dire consequences. Mm. And I, I made that very clear when we started that session. Didn't didn't we actually name that session Mike Makes a Whoopsie? No, that uh, Kevin Stargazer Makes a Boo-Boo. <laughs> that was the name of that session. I remember. <laughs> so it was, it was, so what kind of mission do you guys want the next mission to be? We want a stealth mission. No, wasn't it the mission where like we hacked the system? Yeah, and a level that was one where like my character hacked the system because we wanted to like, get a super... level ten mission. Yes, and it was like like stealth critical <laughs> mission or something like that. And like We're we so talked bad. about it, like numerous times, like how like stealth was the key. I was line. stealthy. Yeah, I did like, my I'm stealthy a, job. I'm a Jedi. I'm going to jump from the, uh, the tram yeah. moving a oh hundred and something goodness. miles an hour. Mike decides to do that. Well, Your like, character. And, 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 it's it's funny because I think that. With with Mike's play style, um, kind of like how he plays the game, and I and I recently rewatched some of the old like the Star Wars movies, like the the especially the first tri- the first ones, the one two and three. Why would you watch any other than that? The rest suck. No, no, one two and three, like those oh, ones. Oh, those. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I know they're not so good, but it has that very um more so in the first one. It has a very pulpy feel to it, and like there's this scene in like the second one where like they're flying the cars, they're jumping yeah. all around stuff, yeah. and it had that very feel to it. And like when that didn't pay and off to Mike, was and, and and basically you just like nope, like he was just like what? Well, like, I gave him like three ways out, and he still didn't take any of them. And then I get let the dice decide his fate, and it was bad. Yeah, and like yeah, and it's and, and you know, so you got you, you you like if you're playing it at playing, you have to be um kind of 
cognizant of, of, of what your well, who your players are at the table like yeah. like if, if you murk the whole party are they gonna like say like okay and then they're just gonna start gaming without you and not right. invite you back anymore and you're gonna be the a-hole GM or are they gonna be like yes give us more let's roll new characters and like, we've all been there like, like yeah. that, that's we've all been different you know places and it's really interesting this is one, one of my favorite things about this group and, and, and we hate bards is where we've come to where we are now and like and I get to watch new games and I hear all these stories and I love sitting there listening to other people tell me about their games and I'm like oh yeah I remember doing that five years ago and like like I you know I get I have to watch people and I almost have to not say anything because I know they need to learn this lesson mm-hmm. that's like you're railroading really really bad yeah you... and your players are going to get bored and leave yeah and, like, and then the... it's and then like like two or three stay and three or four leave and then a couple sessions later like you know things have kind of changed and then a couple sessions more like now you're all like this kind of like everyone's meshing really well and like mm-hmm. like completely formed into this awesome group and it's like yeah yep i learned that lesson too so it's you know well and that you know goes back to like the time so so the story of when ben kills my character um I played a dusk blade, which is a very broken class in and of itself. Especially, uh, now, I, I think you. I think you were also cheating, though. I'm still not 100 percent convinced. Uh, you well, were. no. So the problem was, you basically gave us each at level two, like a hundred, a couple hundred thousand gold. And so yeah, that was whatever you want. And that was like that was kind of like this. Because um, I would love to play that campaign. The campaign was awesome. Like it was going really well. And I, the, here's the big thing. So a couple rookie mistakes that you made. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great story. It was very we were very engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Chris, your character was a lovable drunk wizard with a dog. My um, dog son. Yep, your dog. I, was, so, so, I also I also so, want to say that I still have all of that stuff from my character and Emily's character and all the dog and everything. I believe it in those books. So the big thing was like like so we took advantage of the mistakes too because Chris and I were, were uh, Chris was not this Chris uh, uh, my old roommate Chris was significantly more experienced in RPGs than I was, and I was more experienced than you, and I had GM quite a few times. That, yeah, that was and my so, first like, time like, GM. Like, it was kind of one of those things where, like, it, we played in my studio, sitting at my 12 inches off the ground table. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Uh, my, my Oh, yeah, we can follow that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think I got the table from you. Might have, yeah. So, I think yeah, it's so, at my house now. It could easily be. I think you gave it to me and said, here you go. A little brown one? Mm-hmm. No... Is it the longer coffee table? No, no, it, it was a little brown one. And it was square and it had four little legs, and it was only like it was like this tall. Yeah. off the ground, we used okay. to sit around it. And I, it oh, okay. It, that it was one. basically like a uh, like a Japanese like you know you sit at Indian style and eat your food mm-hmm. um, table. Anyway, so um, you made a bunch of really high level NPCs, which was our only way out, and they saved us. Um, that's like like in DMG three point five, like one of the first couple paragraphs well, to do. Can I can I um, can I make a counterpoint to that? No, hold on, because it I'll be brief, and it's not meant to be an attack. I know. Um, and then the second thing was, um, I don't remember if it, I don't remember it being too railroady, but I, I I do remember complaining about it being railroady. So my tolerance for that might be higher, or mm-hmm. it might have been better than I thought. Anyway, um, and then like obviously like things weren't going your way. And you, you, you turned into, all right, you know, if you don't do what I say, not, not even like railroading at that point, like player jail. Like if you don't do what I say, <laughs> there's going to be punishments. And it's like, cause you made a bunch of mistakes, like turning Chris into chaotic evil. Um, I didn't do that. The, the, the potion did it. And then he played it and you're like, 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 un- like I did not in a million years imagine that this could happen. You just destroyed the entire world in one action. No, I, I, I thoroughly anticipated that to happen. Oh, really? Yeah, no, so here, let me let me kind of explain a couple of these things yeah. here real quick and kind of put Matt, you know, put Matt in his place, as it were. Um, the one, so the one where, like, a per, an NPC had to come in and save you, the only reason that happened was because Chris kept screaming outside an enemy stronghold. Oh, okay. Chris made really stupid we mistakes outside there. We got like, there. 40 people or something like that, wasn't it? And then we yeah, had a country like, and, and rules lawyer the, into surviving, and you're like, no. Yeah, like, it would, I mean, they would have gotten, gotten you eventually because, again, I designed that to be, like, there's too many of them. You have to actually use tactics and strategy, and you didn't. Oh. So again, maybe still a rookie mistake, but not as bad as you as you think. It was you guys got yourself into this. I had to use this, otherwise you all would have died. See, in- interpretation is king, though. Remember. So, and but that was the thing. Is we still had a ton of fun. It was a good group, and mm-hmm. we were all having fun. Um, and then like like that whole end thing. Um, and now and and here's this. This was on me. 
So I was that guy who, well, I don't care if it's a bad idea. It's what my character would do. And it was a bunch of people tried to basically take my friend. I didn't know really what was going on. I just, one of my really close friends kind of went a little crazy and destroyed a crystal. Well, then a bunch of like really high-level NPCs basically tried to take him prisoner. That's not what happened. And, and the plan was basically they were going to hold him until the potion wore off, and then he would go back to normal. Uh, but I thought he was being kidnapped. And like that was very much like like the entire rest of the party's interpretation of it as well. So we all started fighting. And my character being a dust blade with way too many spells. I don't remember the other did the other characters fight? I think it was just Matt. No, the they all two... tried. They got uh, incapacitated yeah, quickly. quickly. Yes. And I didn't because I had basically cheated with the amount of gold you gave me and bought a bunch of gear. And um and they put the thumb down. And then he's like, all right, save versus death. And I'm like, what do you mean save versus death? Because I broke out of a sphere uh, uh, a sphere force. I did a bunch of... Da- like, I, I I wasn't trying to kill them. I was just trying to... Re- like, and I kept demanding that they release Well, I was friend. like... I, I believe at I was that time, At that time, though, I, also, I was also 100% positive you were cheating. No, I didn't need to because those plates were broken class. I was, I remember, I and I think I was screaming yeah, that. The I was big thing is, you never, there's one. The, the problem with, with dust plates, they have they have enough spells, a limited capacity, but like if you wear them out, it's like the, the number one strategy for fighting a dust blade is send you know hundreds of minions at them, and they'll burn out spells, and then they're just a fighter. And not a very good fighter either. Uh-huh. So then it's then you just overwhelm. Then you send the heavy you know mage in after them or the heavy ogre in after them to smash them down. That's mm-hmm. all you ever had to do, which you almost did once. And I just don't think I let you know that you almost beat us. And that was with the massive amount of goblins in the forest. We ended up burning down the forest and killing all the squirrels. Yeah, um, that was fun. Six hundred. How many experience did we get for the squirrels? <laughs> that was literally a choke on the yeah. muffin. <laughs> a choke on the muffin. <laughs> You don't have to roll eat the muffin, Chris. I rolled eat the muffin. Oh, that was a good time. But that was a ton of fun, and it was very stressful for you. I get that, especially as a yeah. first-time GM. We should have taken it easy on you. We should have been more mentors. And, and you know, again, we all learn a lot, and we're all in different uh, places yeah. now. Let but, yeah. Well, that was also the other thing. Well, two things. One, I will fully own that I was a rookie GM, and I looking back, I can see a lot of my mistakes in the way I set things up, specifically in getting you guys as much as you did and, like, not, like, not, like, there are a couple other things I could have set up differently. Uh, another thing I could have done better was communicate to you, because that was the big, I think that was ultimately the biggest reason that that happened at the end, was mm-hmm. because the guy who was telling you, you know, leave him alone was supposed to be your boss. Oh, yeah, and I didn't know that. And I, that I, I was, we knew they were kind of part of the secret society, but we don't trust them, because they were, they're always, like, super, do you remember how I portrayed the A-team? Yeah. And, and Space Buccaneers. Yeah. That's pretty much how we interpreted those guys. Like, these are Ben's, you know, dream team, A team. Like, we uh-huh. think they're totally, like, like, like basically a-holes who think they're better than, than Yeah, than we'll show yeah. them. Yeah, yeah we'll again, show I didn't, them. And I, so it kind of had that, like, and that was kind of like the way you created them, too. And, and so, no, 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 that's, that's, that's interesting fair. to say, like, yeah, like, if that had... Probably if I had had more respect for them or something like that, it would have been fine. See, um, I, I think I did a better job communicating that during the reboot because I actually had you guys at, like, a briefing. Because, uh-huh. like, the, the plot of this basically to clue people at home listening was... Was it fancy? No. Oh, no. it was... Yeah. I incorporated was, El- an element from it, but yeah. ultimately it was more it was more kind of like the Agency Warehouse 13 type thing where, like, you're looking for these artifacts that do crazy things and trying to, like, okay. take them and get them away from no, society. No, because we shattered the water crystal and then all the water in the world became stagnant. Or it was going to, yeah, yeah. No, that that was the thing I added in that wasn't oh. part of that was that was the bit I I brought up for Final Fantasy. Oh, okay. that was just part of the overall. That was your fault. The, yeah. The, the the initial scenario and still the overarching thing of it was there were you know you guys were meant to be gathering these artifacts and bringing them back and securing them, and the thing that I neglected to do when I had you guys in that I think I, I might have done with your original characters, but I'm not sure, or at least like mentioned it like offhand, was that you guys weren't directly under. Um, he was a rogue class, and he was your, like, kind of, he was the guy you reported to. Like, your supervisor. He was yeah. basically like, a, what was her name from the agency campaign? So, uh, 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 Miss Cobalt? Yes, Miss Cobalt. He was basically that. Yeah. Well, another thing is, like, like I, I it, it's one of those things that, like, I can't imagine that campaign of having going gone any other way. You know what I mean? For a first-time GM, 
for a bunch and of And I was kind of really off the rails. Like, like I... You were the least off the... Actually, no, you weren't You weren't the least. I, Emily I, was I the played least. a drunk wild mage who yeah. was intoxicated and hammered like 90% of the impressive. time. And I decided that I wanted a kid, so I went and got a dog and made a druid awaken it so he could be my dog son. And then I carried around like in a backpack like a child. But see, that was fun. That was fun. That, that was fun, real right. That was the problem. And again, this is this is kind of full. <laughs> He's fun. pointing at Matt. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry. Well, that was and, the problem. No, it's like I made. That was also back in the day. Oh, I forgot about the mummy rot. Remember, you gave us mummy rot, and you're like, you have two days. To and I was like, mummy. And I was like, oh my god, fill up. Oh, challenge level 12. And like, yeah, but it got us in challenge level 12. So probably we got my mummy oh, And yeah, we're all like four days yeah. away from town. And you get turned into a mummy and die in two days. So you're like, uh... Oh, no, no one in the party has cure disease, Ben. Oh. Oops. I don't know what else to do. You know, what else do I send against you? And like I said, there's one strategy that works really well against us, Blades. Yeah. And it's just mummy send rat. hundreds of one-hit-die <laughs> monsters against him. Yeah. He'll wipe them all out, and he'll be super accomplished. All right. And then so, there's more. <laughs> so let's, let's get back. At, so, like, so, as GMs, because we only got a couple minutes left. Yeah. Let's kind of wrap it up and saying, like, okay, so how do you deal with uh, players at the table who, like, for whatever reason, like, it's the game, or, like, the dice roll bad, or, like, is there's, like, just no way out, that, like, their character is just dead, or or horribly, like, juiced, or... I would say the big thing is make sure it means something, or has... Some meaning to it? It has to have value or meaning, especially to a, something that someone's invested in. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, and know your player, too, because there are... There is something you said that, like, sometimes people just die and it just sucks. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it like happens. It, it happens, my it happens in real life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it's just, it just, it just happens. Um, but I would say, like, especially like, like, so, like RuneQuest is a good example because we've been playing for four years and we are all heroes of the realm. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, my leg got blown off and then I was going to get crucified, and then that would be that. And it's like, well, that was really lackluster. And now we're on the run, and it's like that was kind of almost like lackluster. Like, mm-hmm. well, I, and I think the Fallout campaign actually represents two um, diametrically opposed angles to that because you had that. You, the very first character death that I remember was Jason Sanford's. When he, we, we died like 80 times. Well, yeah, no, I'm talking right. the very first one. What was his yeah, name for 62? 62. Yes, yeah. yeah, 62 guy. And you remember what we did? Do you remember what we did to commemorate him? We made a freaking statue of him. We made him into a martyr, but that's because we needed the martyr now. I think that was like the major point is like that basically I was like ro- I was like rolling and the guy had like an electro knife and yeah. he was doing ma- like and he and he was doing tons of damage. Yeah. And so like he's just slash 62 and like and just and it was like it just did a damage, just killed them outright. And then I was like, "Well, you you're dead." But at the same time, and this is kind of my point. At the same time, it at least allowed Sanford to kind of like, you know what? It may be for like political reasons. At least my guy has a, like a denouement. Well, in the play, yeah, because we really acknowledged it, and mm-hmm. we did play it up that he died. That was that's an interesting example because like that was well, you only played that character for like two sessions. I have no idea how long you played because again, I and jumped he made in mid three sessions. But the, the problem was like he made a big mistake, and he was like, "Yeah, he was the head of security at this vault." I was like, "You mean the head of security were that was the heads of the vault? that was the next character?" And then that's oh my goodness, his phone's going his off. His phone's going off. No, so let me kind of. Jason's second character was like that. His first character was just a vault boy, and like again, he died, and we kind of you know made him like idolized him and uh-huh. put him there. That let, let him get you know a little bit of closure on it. Whereas if you Compare that to Matt's character's first death, which was literally just like Monku murdered him. And we left him there for the Rad Scorpions. Yeah, like that was that represents undignified, unglorified, exactly. Like, and that was death comes. Yeah. Well, and that was th- that was an interesting dynamic because that's player on player violence. Yeah, and like, what do you do about that as the GM? And like, that's 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 a topic for another day. Like yeah. player on player. That's violence. a full topic. Well, yeah, uh, we should talk about that. Maybe we'll do that in the next next episode. So yeah. So one. all right. So. So I would say the big thing is know your players. Yes. Make it worthwhile, or like it needs to fit the scenario. Um, and my so my big my big personal take on it is nuclear option. You know, as I said, like yeah, the, the threat's always there. It could always happen any time. But like, it's never you know. And and, and like yeah. I like what you're saying about having a point because like when the character's death feels like utterly pointless and just like oh yeah you 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 died like if you invest 
all this time and like energy into this character and be like, oh yeah, they just get like shot and they're dead. Oh well. Yeah, because you know? I'm not I'm not playing an RPG to beat Joe Schmo. I'm playing an RPG to beat. And, and 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 that's when you get like that's when you get the revenge characters. That's you know, true. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that that can cause its own problems. But uh, I mean, I think I think what Matt said is like spot on. You know your players, know your system, know your setting, and most importantly, communicate. Make sure everyone's kind of like understanding you know the risk of what they're going to do and if they're getting into a situation where like this is going to get hairy if you guys and do it this way plot, pull them aside and be like hey just so you know like you know i hate to do this but i need your character to die like it just it, it makes sense happen. somebody's got to go and it really makes sense for your character uh-huh. and has, i'd be like i'd be like you know what it has to happen and you know what some other systems and as much as crap as you give the apocalypse world systems like mm-hmm. where like you roll dice and like you do various things like when the bad stuff happens like, I get to choose as the GM. I just don't roll dice and they, you take damage and you're dead because the dice say this is how many hit points you got and you don't got that anymore. Yeah. You're dead. It's like, it's like oh, bad stuff happens. Now, I could give a little light touch or I could murk your character depending on what, like, I decide to do, what serves the what's story and what serves means, yeah. kind of this thing. Like, if your character needs to die, then your character needs to die. But if your character, you know, if, like, just, like, gets horror that has to you know get horrible burns or something then we can you know move on at the same time that same that same issue has been leveled as a complaint against the fate system by someone in this group what what the uh the the fact that the gm basically gets to determine everything yeah and 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 that can be yeah and 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 that and those types of there are certain there are certain games we've played in where I would not want Chris to have that power, and there are certain games where what I would be okay with it. What game would that be? Um, I w- I, I'm okay with you having that level of power because you kind of do anyways in Call of Cthulhu. Most other systems, it, it it's very Actually, speaking of it, the leverage system would be a bad system for you to run, not just because you've never seen the I, show, you, but because... It would, it would it, be stretching for me because I'd be forced to like play this very pulpy action game when I yeah. want to like merc people. Correct. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no like, killing characters in leverage. In leverage, like the characters usually know more than the than yes than um the bad guys than the bad guys, and that's the fl- and, and that's, the flip, that's a flip for you. That's and the like, flip side. So and that's where I'm saying like like it's kind of like it can be very frustrating being your player and like like there's a time and place I could if I only could play in Chris Frank campaigns, which is the only campaigns I'm playing right now. Um, it can be very tight. Ta- Although Eric's, which Eric can be almost as bad as you uh, sometimes. Because Eric's encyclopedia knowledge of RuneQuest, which still just like Eric, if you're listening to this, like it's like a magical power. I you know. can open up these maps from like 1974, and I can point and say, "What's this?" And then you begin describing to me what's there, and I'm like, "How do you know this?" <laughs> it's like Red Mage. Yes, it's like Red Mage from Apex. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, so yeah, so that, I think that pretty much sums up pretty well. Um, I'm I'm good with ending our talk show here. We still don't have a name, so Ryan, hurry up and give us a hundred dollars a month. Yeah, hundred dollars a month, and you get to name a podcast. We'll name we'll name it the the Ryan Podcast, and Catholics are great. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, so thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Say goodnight. Uh, check Goodbye. Out, meet up, yeah, meet up. Check meet up. And and, and uh, our, our, our podcast, Patreon. Back our Patreon. Meet up Patreon podcast. All this stuff. And Twitch. And Twitch. And, uh... We're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We're like Big Brother. All right. We need your money. Give us your money. Give us your money. (laughs) Okay, folks.